Are you one of those people that forgot everything since high school? We're about letters and learning. And, and learning. E educating adults. And education. Yep. Yep. Do you want to learn things about stuff? You saw Breaking Bad? Sudafed is used to make meth. Or would you like to learn the definitions of new words? I like tomato soup. Or are you just lonely? I consulted a wizard on this one. Great, we're the pod for you. Hey, I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. And we're two best friends that talk about everything from A to Z. In that order. Listen to Brought to You by the Letter every Thursday to learn more stuff. And things. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Bye. We didn't really get the cold open thing the first time we tried it. Did you still want to do that? I mean, I like the idea of doing a cold open, but, you know, people really hate those cold opens that don't sound like cold opens, like you're trying to be meta. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely wouldn't do that. I, I, I was thinking maybe, well, okay, so when we don't do the cold open, what if we got new music for the show? Maybe not replace all the music, maybe just, maybe just like the main theme. Something that's a little less daily show and more meet the press. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Cool. And and what if we hired someone to do voiceover so that we sound all polished and professional in this new effort for season three? Like Michael Buffer. Well, more like Michael Duster. No, fuck it. Season three is canceled. Report to Pond Jail for processing. Coming up on the season three premiere of Anchor Persons. Why Taka and Don is a Taka and Don't. Scotus meets Scrotus. Why Dippin' Dots are a Dippin' Don't. You can't spell overtime without Tim. And what does Silly Putty have to do with Angeline? Stay tuned to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the Northwest, the land of trees and rivers, currently on fire, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are. And welcome to season three of Anchor Persons. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. As you heard in our awesome cold open, which we probably decided to keep, um, we are going to be having new music. We have voiceover from a very, very talented young man. Who's yeah. Actually, yeah. probably maybe just a couple years younger than us. And super friendly and quick to get back to us when we had an additional request. He was a consummate professional. Um, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll mention details on how you can hire him at the end of the show. We also brainstormed a couple of new segments. We're going to have a new guest segment that's going to feature in this episode here. The new guest segment interviews sort of... It's not really an interview, but anyway, it's called third person. We're also adding a wildlife segment, which you came up with the names for both of those new segments. And I thought they were great. And I don't think I mentioned it to you at the time, but they are great. The creature feature for the wildlife segment. Yes. I like okay. that a lot. Okay, cool. Uh, and then, uh, 
probably not next week, but starting uh, in a couple of episodes here, Gil Person will have her own segment occasionally on the show. Gil's Gone Wild is the title. I don't know what the content will be. That's 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 a secret that Gil is keeping to herself. Could be anything. Gil is a wild card. She is a wild card. She's the Harley Quinn of our little suicide squad. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you're so that would make you the Joker and I'm the guy who literally just thought it was an actual suicide squad like the Circumcellians, like he just wanted to get it over with. Let's do away with all this small talk and get right into tonight's story beats. Potential plushie humping enthusiast Tucker Carlson was confronted this week in a fishing shop in Montana, where a man called him the worst human being. Tucker, perhaps best known as the youngest man ever to play a racist grandpa on TV, took the accusation in stride since this loud, confrontational human was no threat to the greater Lisanoid collective. A gunman in Fort Worth, Texas, opened fire on a crowd, but only killed one person before the crowd killed him back by pelting him with rocks, overturning centuries of conventional wisdom about the efficacy of guns versus rocks. Now, Gene, if you'd be okay with taking a moment, I'd like to dig into this a little bit. Sure. Because I, I think this is a game changer. Yeah, if, if, if I mean, depends on the game, but... <laughs> Since the Neolithic, we've assumed that stone was an obsolete technology that we could move on to other things, that we must move on to other things. Swords, axes, guns, bullets, cannons, missiles, you know. Turns out, though, rocks, we were wrong about rocks. Like, in a great enough quantity, rocks can be really, really dangerous. See, well, they've always said, you know, the, the NRA loves to say this, that the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. But it, that, it turns out like a, a, a few people with a handful of rocks can. Right. Just <laughs> just carry a rock. Just carry a rock on your belt. Mm -hmm. Because one person with a rock, if one person with a rock goes wild, he throws that rock. Okay. He might get one person, mm -hmm. but he's thrown his rock. Right. But, but then a bunch of people see that happen and they're like, nah, -uh, and they throw their rocks. And he's fucked. And when you think about it, really, all a gun really is, is a mechanism for throwing a rock really fast. Right. It just throws a little rock at you. Yeah. Like big rocks would be better. Mm hmm. Yeah. Big rock is better than little rock. Yeah. And I, we are not fans of Arkansas. So no, or, or actually I believe, didn't we establish in state up that it's called Arkansas or. Oh yes. That's something right. like that. Something along those lines. It's decided. Carry rocks. For your safety, for your family's safety, carry a rock. Our friends over in the UK have faced some criticism this last week over complaints that a record heat wave is hitting the aisles hard, with temperatures as high as 89 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, some Americans were quick to insult the Brits over such a low record high, but Brits quickly defended themselves, reminding critics that, number one, there is no AC in the UK. That number two, it's a very humid environment. And that number three, members of the royal family, who are members of the greater Lizanoid collective, are cold-blooded, like the reptilian cousins, and have difficulty regulating their body temperature in extreme weather conditions. Oh, they fucking love it. I mean, you know, Prince Redacted is spread out on a rock right now in his little terrarium. Licking his eyeballs. Just, <laughs> yeah, just soaking it up. 
He loves it. I mean, normally he's got to get out his big lamp, but now he can just just lounge. By the time of this podcast, LeVar Burton will have finished his time as guest host of Jeopardy. But you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. A new study shows as many as one in five Americans believe that a microchip is installed with any COVID vaccine, demonstrating just how much misinformation online can affect people's opinions. There is, of course, no microchip installed with the COVID vaccine injection, and there never has been. Also, a special thanks and a big shout out to our source for this story, GibGub, Archpilot Zeta class of the Greater Lisanoid Collective. Platuberotonicta, GibGub. Many Olympic athletes are suffering from heat-related illnesses since the city of Tokyo straight-up lied about how hot it was there, presumably to level the playing field for all the athletes who got COVID. All right, enough about the news. It's time for main news. Our first speculative journalism since the break. It's been a few weeks, but now we're ready to make shit up about things you might have heard about. Our first item is Silly Putty. You're probably familiar with it. For those who are not, it is a viscoelastic silicone goop that comes in an egg for some reason. Uh, It was originally developed as uh, a type of synthetic rubber. Didn't work for that. Um, Then they tried to sell it as an adhesive for adults. It does work for that, kind of. Uh, But mainly, it's really fun to play with. So they decided to start calling it Silly Putty, and the rest is toy history. So when you say an adhesive for adults, do you mean like sticking adults together? Right. Well, see, that's why your original Silly Putty is sort of Caucasian flesh colored. Oh, I see. Because then you could put two adults together, and you can't tell where one stops and the other begins. It's it's for making uh, like fake conjoined twins for movies or for parties. Yeah, understood. Well, what does that have to do with Angeline? So before Kim Kardashian and even before Paris Hilton, there was another celebrity who became famous for being famous, at least in the L.A. area. Her name was Angeline, and her face and augmented body were plastered all over billboards around Los Angeles. She could be spotted driving the streets of Hollywood in her trademark pink Corvette. Angeline was a phenomenon in the 80s and remains the subject of a kind of urban lore in the Hollywood area. She appeared in Earth Girls Are Easy, released albums of music, and was widely regarded as this hot chick that women wanted to be and men wanted to be with. Unfortunately, Angeline was never able to parlay her notoriety into any kind of sustainable success in acting or music. She's still around, though. She drives aimlessly around Hollywood, still in a pink Corvette, and sells merchandise out of the back of her car. She apparently also has routine contests where people can win a date with her. I've read some reviews of what those dates are like online, and I'm not going to repeat any of that here because I feel like I'd be punching down a little bit. It's all kind of sad. There's nothing wrong with gaining notoriety based on your looks. Every fucking star in Hollywood does that. But time only marches the one direction. And whether you're a bridge or a building an old-growth forest, or a buxom starlet, no matter how you try to fight it, time will eventually stamp itself all over you. Angeline gets by now selling overpriced merch to a market that is starting to die off. Boomers. And yet, she's still out there, making circuits in her Corvette, giggling and whispering and hiding her face. And there's some comfort in that. People will remember her, much like most of us, until they don't. But for a time... She was kind of a sensation. Hmm. You know what's interesting is I 
had never heard of her by name. It didn't ring any bells. Mm-hmm. But I look at the billboard now, the, the iconic billboard of her spread on the hood of this Corvette. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I've seen this billboard before. It's been in like a million movies. Mm-hmm. So the obvious connection here is silicone. Oh my God. I, I hadn't even made that connection, but that is, that is spot on. Sort of. Yeah. Like a, a flesh colored viscoelastic silicone. Yeah. I mean, silicone's the obvious connection. Fun to play with. Looks like it. I don't, I'm going to try not to be too sexist here, but I'm having a hell of a time. <laughs> well, I mean, it's important to note that that billboard was from the 80s. At this point, she's pushing. She's she's over 60. She's pushing towards 70 if she's not already past that. And so she 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 looks very different from the way she looked before. But uh, she refuses to let people photograph her without paying her like tens of thousands of dollars for the privilege. That so. That so seems some, like it's a tough sell. So if someone's even even aiming a camera somewhere near her, she'll cover her face with a magazine or something. So she's she's like a pinup girl who did she ever like pose anywhere or is it just this billboard? It's so my understanding of the story of Angeline. So I, I'm not going to reveal who she actually is, even though there's an article out there that does that because. She clearly didn't want that article published, and I don't think it's fair to, I, I don't know, I, I you know, the journalist that I am is not out to, like, out someone. Yeah, I mean, if she, if she was a war criminal, we'd be all over it. Well, yeah, but, that's, that's different. But anyway, she at one point was married to kind of an advertising guy mm-hmm. and was able to get a bunch of these billboards done through him. And... At one point, she had dozens of billboards in the L.A. area that were just Angeline. And then people would get really excited when they spotted her. And it just kind of snowballed into this phenomenon. Yeah, I don't I don't think you could do that anymore in the modern age because you you can't do that with just traditional advertising. I don't know that this is too dissimilar from what folks are doing on on TikTok and Instagram and any of that, though. Oh yeah, but you have to do that stuff first, right? Like, it's still, it's still. You have to typify a certain look, and you have to create a buzz through a platform that gets lots of exposition. And it just so happens that those are platforms that get a lot of exposition now, whereas billboards, pretty much people ignore them. I have a question, Gene. Uh, as you know, I'm 68 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I hear this phrase bandied about that mm-hmm. I don't understand what it means because like contemporary pop culture and contemporary slang, I don't follow them. Mm-hmm. But is this anything like a Visco girl? I don't even know what a Visco girl is. We're, we're the wrong guys for, for that because apparently this is a thing that people were doing and now they're not. But it sounds like kind of like a social media thing. Apparently, Visco Girl is over, but it was things like uh, scrunchies and ripped jeans and Starbucks and sandals. That doesn't seem like this is that kind of aesthetic at all. I I don't think it is. I think this was, but I mean, in in the sense that that aesthetic was kind of contemporary and at the point where you know, Angeline was at peak relevance. She was very contemporary. You know what I think another connection to this might be is that Angeline and Silly Putty, it was hard to market 
both of them initially. Mm -hmm. You had you had a product that they didn't really know how to sell mm -hmm. because Silly Putty. I mean, the first they wanted to make uh, synthetic rubber around World War II. It's not good for that. It's it's far too melty. Uh, and then they're like, okay, well, this is handy in your shop as an adhesive, or it can, you know, take out lint or stains or things if you roll it on stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but they found it was only after they found that the majority of their product was actually being bought for children that they're like, hold on a second, this is actually a toy. Right. And so I wonder if. If there's that same confusion people had around Angeline where they're like, what is she for? What is she doing? Right. Well, the problem with that is that there was never an answer to that question. She did make attempts to act and to record some music, but none of it was of any, you know, reasonable quality. And so, you know, it, it sort of fell by the wayside and into mediocrity, which is, it's, it's where it belongs. Yeah, but just because you're not actually good at the things that you try to do, if you've got the right look. Right. I mean, I'm not going gonna... is, to. Is, is that why we fail as podcasters? Because we are not particularly good at the things that we do, but we also don't have the right look. Oh, buddy, we have the right look for podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we really do. That's... You know what? Maybe we'd need to draw a lesson from Angeline and, and buy some billboards. It would just be people. It, it would be impossible because we're we're just the sort of statistically average middle-aged white nerds that mm -hmm. would. I don't think I think I could go and rob an armored car tonight, and they mm -hmm. would never find me. Well, right. No, but I, I think that could work in our favor, honestly, in a in a sort of ironic way. That we're we're so like, <laughs> anonymous looking. You put us both on a billboard, you know. We can be as smiley or as stern faced as we want to be, and below that, persons. Yeah, huh? It's kind of like that OK Soda from the '90s, right? People look at that and they're like, "What is this supposed to be?" What is this about? I need to know more. So like ironic, self-effacing Gen X style advertising. Yeah. As a member of Gen X, I fully support this. Are you technically Gen X? Because I think you might actually be like the very, very beginning of Gen Y. I am Gen X. Now call millennials. Well, Typical, typically Gen Y, the cutoff is 1980. I was born in 1978. Oh, see, whereas I am, I'm what's what used to be called by these kind of trend watching demographer douchebags, hard stop Y, because um, I like the very beginning of Generation Y in 1983. But now mm. we don't call them Generation Y. We call them millennials. But it's ridiculous because when... When boomers talk about millennials, they're still talking about people who are 20. and But all the millennials I know are 40. I don't know. How do we even get on these things? What are we even I, talking about? <laughs> uh, we were talking about our billboards making us famous. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I think, uh, <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I was, because we are in a phase right now where we're we're partnering with other podcasters and we are doing some promotion and we're trying to get ourselves out there to grow our audience mm -hmm. and so i was actually at a was at a small family gathering uh this past weekend 
and I mentioned in passing that I do a podcast and they were like, oh, you do a podcast? What's it called? And rather than tell them what it was called, I was like, you wouldn't like it. (laughs) I don't know how many people have actually said that to people in my life, in my orbit that I know who uh, are on either extreme of the sort of political spectrum. Um, Not that we're centrist. We're just like, we're not. We're on a different axis is the thing. Right. Like, if you're, you know, if you're in, in the traditional liberal conservative divide, it's we're we're in another galaxy. And well, the, the point is that, like, if you are in the the left of this country, you are the centrist. You know, if well, you are a, a Democrat, a liberal, you are a centrist. You are not you are not on the left. No, like th- the real left is not part of our contemporary political discourse. I mean, it will be if America as a country survives for another decade or two, but who knows? We don't even know if the human race is going to survive that long. Actually, there was, an, there was an interesting article I read about that the other day that a woman who in 1970 predicted the fall of civilization by 2040 uh, has looked at her data and the way things have progressed since then and matched it up against the way she extrapolated it would she's mm-hmm. pretty much right on she figures wow yeah 2040 is is probably the last year that we'll be able to hold together anything that you could call a civilization okay well that's exciting yeah something to look forward to all right so uh what other connections can we draw between these two items um, these two I'm- I think we kind of one-shotted it with silicone. I think that's probably as good as it gets. I think that's it. I, I think there's another dimension to this in that, um, you know, during the, the peak of her popularity is, is very limited time span. And while Silly Putty, it's still a toy. It still can be enjoyed by children. It has long outlived its peak popularity. They're both fads. Well, I mean, anything's a fad on a long enough timeline. That doesn't make my connection any less real no i mean i think you're right i think there was a time when the whole world was crazy for silly putty but if you went to a kid today and said hey i got you some silly putty they'd be like thanks yeah (laughs) they might play around with it for a minute or two well and you know i don't even know if kids still do this but the last time i was around kids they were all into making their own slime right right Right. these days it's about the kinetic sand more than anything. Okay, I can dig that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Play-Doh's still a thing, but kinetic sand is that is that is the bee's knees with the toddler set. I'll tell you that. When are the slightly older ones going to get really into powerful neodymium magnets? All right, so silicone. That's where it ends. We did. Congratulations, it. Greg. One shot, one kill. Boom. All right, let's move on to breaking news. So it's 2021. The world is reopening too early by all accounts, but it's still happening. And for a few weeks now, a man who is as yet unknown has been calling uh, libraries around the country. When the librarians answer, he asks them to read a specific Supreme Court opinion aloud to him over the phone. When the librarians do... He begins masturbating, and I guess by the sounds, it's obvious that he is pleasuring himself. It's kind of gross and sick and predatory, right? But it's also kind of interesting because the case 
It isn't something sexy like Barnes vs. Glenn Theater, Inc. or something fiery and political like Texas v. Johnson. The case is Brady v. Maryland. And that is the Supreme Court case that declared that the prosecution must hand over all potential exculpatory evidence to the defense. There's a joke to be made about getting off in there, I think, but I digress. Apparently, calling up librarians and masturbating is, is kind of its own sick culture in this country, because this things like this have happened before. And in this case, the FBI is getting involved, and honestly, I'm hoping he gets caught. I don't think this is about the case that's being read, frankly. I think it's about the act of humiliating or degrading these women in some way, and it's definitely not okay. I'm never going to be okay with it when people are violated like this. And I'm guessing that when the hammer does come down on him, Brady B. Maryland isn't going to do much to help him out. No, well, because there's not going to be any exculpatory evidence. There's just going to be a lot of recordings of him jerking it on the phone. Right, right. You know, there's no evidence that's being concealed that's going to come to life that shows that it was not him. It was the one-armed man, because how's the one-armed man going to hold the phone? (laughs) But that was a perfect joke for this story. Thank you. Oh, well, you're quite welcome. I I feel a little icky about it, but I feel a little icky about this whole thing. Well, but see, I don't think that was a joke at the expense of these poor librarians. No, librarians are heroes. Librarians are one of like five classes of professions that are just good and just noble and heroic Mm -hmm. Um, astronauts librarians podcasters pod well yeah shit obviously podcasters right i mean podcasters are number one with a bullet with a rock oh yeah yeah that's for for extra security Mm-hmm. We have uh, rejected modernity and embraced tradition. All right, let's move on to uh, your breaking news story, Greg. Okay, now before I launch into this, a warning. This is literally breaking news. So if you don't feel like hearing about self-inflicted dick trauma, just skip ahead to sports with no hard feelings. And I swear that will be the last boner joke I make tonight. I can't back that up. I'm sorry. I can't guarantee that. <laughs> this is definitely not going to be the last boner joke you make. But, okay, so you remember, Gene, uh, the story about the British guy who broke his dick long ways the other day? Yeah, th- that was a incredible story, just in the sense that it was it was vertically. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the first one that they have on record. But, uh, you know, of course, it's actually depressingly common um, to to break the penis one way or the other and I learned in the course of my investigation of that story that there are some Kurdish Iranian men who break their dicks on purpose recreationally oh my god okay so it's known as and I may not be pronouncing this right because I do not speak Kurdish uh, it's known as uh, Takandan which is Kurdish for to click so what you do is you have an erect penis you uh-huh you hold the bottom half immobile with one hand and then with the other hand you bend the top half to one side until you hear a popping sound (sighs) at which point uh, the erection deflates and of course it does because that popping sound was the rupture of your erectile tissue ah i'm in pain just hearing this i know i i'm having trouble i 
Even telling you about it is causing me distress, but I am going to get like, through I've it. got anxiety and cringe running through my system right now. Like my, my shoulders are solid blocks of wood just from tensing up immediately as soon as you describe this. Oh, bro. I've had low grade nausea like all night thinking about the fact that I was going to have to talk about it. Good news, bad news. Um, the bad news is um, that you are almost certainly going to need surgery if you keep doing this. Because if you do it and it's not too bad, maybe it'll heal on its own in a few days. Mm -hmm. um, but you're playing Russian roulette with your dick and eventually you will lose. Um, and another sort of good news, bad news element of this is that the uh, hospitals in Kermanshah, which is the uh, Kurdish region of Iran, they do a lot of these surgeries. So if you do need to have surgery, that's the place to go. Those guys have got it on lock. Right. Why do they do this? You might ask yourself. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, it's a good goddamn question. Well, the number one reason is they want to do it to banish an unwanted erection. Fair enough. I mean, mm -hmm. there's easier ways that don't involve breaking your dick off, but do you? Everyone who has erections has had those unwanted erections. Oh, sure. They're, but they're inconvenient and not, not particularly fun. They don't make me want to, you know, you know, destroy my erectile tissue, but yeah, but um, we, we can all relate to it to an extent for sure. Mm -hmm. And that, but the other thing is, is the hardest thing to understand about this practice though, is that some guys will actually induce an erection just so that they can do this. What? They they find it relaxing somehow or or refreshing. And um kind of like how biting your nails isn't good for you. Right. Right. Or like, you know, some people will break one of their fingers off or some <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like that like you rip out one of your eyelids. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say to our listeners in Kermanshaw, the fellas out there, the the penis havers out there. It's, we it's we definitely have have like Iranian downloads. So I know we we have a couple of listeners in Iran. I don't know who you guys are, but we appreciate you. I just want to say if you're anywhere near the uh, the Kermanshaw area, or if you're headed that way, if you're going into town, tell these people, spread the word, please, in the name of God stop mm -hmm. please stop because even knowing you're out there doing this even just knowing on the most superficial level that this is happening has fucked my whole life up and i i need to know that you've all stopped so that i can relax mm -hmm. i also want to know though the w one thing that i was intensely curious about who is the first guy who decided to do this and <laughs> then convinced everyone else yeah, that this how was does a this, good idea? How does this become a thing? How does he, you know what? I think he, uh, he bought some billboards. <laughs> oh shit. There we go. <laughs> and it's, he, the slogan was easy. It was click your dick. Yep. And everyone was like, yeah, I will click my dick. Thanks. You know, click it or dick it. They, uh, they, the <laughs> department of transportation, ripped off these curds you know i am sick of the department of transportation biting the style of iranian curds see this is this is what we're kind of talking about though this is the whole point of this show is what we call dupree satan the, mm -hmm. the embodiment of an idea so bad that you shouldn't even be able to think it 
that somehow through the hard work and perseverance of a lot of people becomes a reality. Right. This is a great example of it. This, this is, is this is like, Dupree Satan in action. This is the example of it. Because mm-hmm. it's the worst fucking idea you could possibly imagine. It would never occur to me to ever do something like that. And yet, here we are. Like yep. thousands of dudes every year. Yeah. That's enough of that horrifying story. Let's move on to sports. Okay, it's my turn with sports this week, y'all. And uh, we're doing things a little bit differently in the sports section, at least for a while. Uh, We've highlighted a lot of lesser-known sports here, from the sublime to the ridiculous. But we've run out of good ones. I mean, we've we've had some stinkers in there before, but now we, we decided we could either scrape the bottom of the barrel or we could go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the well-known sports that have become more abundant dull, and we're going to fix them. We have some suggestions to make them more exciting and more watchable. And it should be noted that occasionally we will highlight probably um, an unknown sport or unconventional sport in the segment. That's that's still going to happen every once in a while. But if we're killing ourselves trying to find one for that week... And uh, we've got these other ideas. We're just going to pop them in, see how it goes. Sports segment doesn't need to be one thing. Right. And we're not going to do it if we don't think it's good. The thing that may not come across as as you listen to the show is that we're not trying to make it bad. No, we're, we never are. <laughs> we're, we're actually, this is us doing our very best to make it good. Mm-hmm. So if we don't think it's good, we're not going to do it. So we're doing something else. Um, obviously the first sport that we're going to fix is baseball, uh, because it is the sport most in need of fixing. Gene, I don't know if you're a, a big baseball fan. I used to love to watch baseball with my grandmother cause she was a big baseball fan. Because... Here's the thing. Here's the oh, thing. Sorry, baseball is a- no, no, you're fine. Baseball is a great game. It really is, but you're definitely right that something's broken there. Cause it should not take like, it should not take 12 hours to sit through a baseball game. And sometimes it does. It feels interminable. It's now I used to watch uh, baseball with my grandmother. She was a huge baseball fan because she grew up in an era where the only other games were hoop and stick and dying of polio. So the last time I remember baseball being interesting was 1998. It was Mark McGuire and the gang. They were all so juiced that Jerry Lewis started a telethon for muscular hypertrophy. And it was a blast to watch these these gigantic juiced maniacs just pounding out home runs every single day. Mm-hmm. So I basically want to make baseball great again. Step one is we need longer bats. And it's all about physics. A bat, like any you know club or sword or weapon, is just a lever. And the mm-hmm. longer the lever the more force you get at the end. Now, I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking because you're you're a physicist and also a baseball fan. You say to me, Greg, a longer bat has more inertia and it's going to require more strength and faster reflexes. A bat mm-hmm. between 32 inches and 34 inches is the only range of sizes that an adult man can comfortably swing unless he's some kind of mutant. To which I reply, that brings us to step two, we gotta load these guys up with steroids and stimulants. Yeah, now, let's 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 edit them genetically as well. Let's 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 we if we can do it to our food, 
we can do it to our, our, our athletes. Well, and, you know, we owe it to them and to ourselves to really push the frontiers on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. let's let's do I mean, because they're already on steroids and stimulants. Right. Like as a rule. So let's really push the envelope here. I want to see guys that look like top secret military experiments gone awry. Yeah. I Every baseball player should be the Hulk. Right. This is, well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because the first thing that I thought of was actually from a different sport and a different time, although I know that they've made a sequel. I thought of the Monstars. Hmm. You know, just these gigantic, muscly cartoon maniacs. Mm-hmm. And when you have modern day Monstars playing baseball and they're hitting the balls so high in the air that it's a hazard for low flying planes and the FAA has to make it illegal to fly over a baseball stadium. That that's a game worth watching. Yeah. And it's unpredictable and it could be dangerous for the audience. Well, no, I, I want to know that, like, if you get hit with a, you know, like they'll hit it into the upper decks so hard that your head could get exploded. Like that yeah. level of risk is going to add excitement to being a spectator. Yeah, I'm all for it. Like, have you ever physically gone to a baseball game and sat in the bleachers for the entire length of the game? I have. Um, What it took to make that happen was probably a half a keg of beer. Exactly. Well, and that's almost by design because ballparks do sell a shitload of beer. They need you to be pretty well sauced by the time the game is done. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, you'd pay attention if you knew that taking your eye off the ball could kill you as a spectator. Right. Right. I mean, like attendance in terms of pure numbers is going to go down, but in terms of engagement. Oh, right. You know, and that's what it's really all about is engagement, right? It's a game within a game. And the second game is survival. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is I'm excited thinking about it. Let's make it happen. I'm on board. All right, let's move on to our creature feature. This week, I'd like to highlight the axolotl, sometimes known as the Mexican walking fish. Though it's not a fish, it's an amphibian and a close relative of the salamander. Axolotl is a threatened species due to water pollution in Mexico and competition from tilapia and perch, both of which are invasive species. And right now, axolotl is listed as critically endangered. But they're really cool. Like other salamanders, they can regrow limbs. And the coolest part is they're neotenal, which means they reach sexual maturity without undergoing metamorphosis. That said, axolotls can be induced to metamorphose by iodine, their adult form resembling a tiger salamander. They're such a cool little critter. And like most creatures who will likely be featured on this segment, we are fucking everything up for them. It's too bad, man, because they really are adorable. Yeah, they're they're really freaking cute. I mean, I'm not a big fan of amphibians in general. Neither am I. But these guys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am a member of the Axolotl fan club. Because the, the thing about them, audience, if you haven't seen an Axolotl, you should look one up, is that even though they are amphibians and so they are kind of slimy by nature, they look fluffy. They do. They look snuggly. They look like they want to be your friend, and we should be better friends to them. Because, like, it's it's not good friend behavior to, like, you know, destroy your habitat and poison you and all this kind of shit. 
Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. Speaking of weird creatures, here's Third Person. Welcome to Third Person, the official guest segment of Anchor Persons, where we invite guests to join us in a deep dive on an interesting story. For this, the inaugural edition of Third Person, we're inviting my friend and Tim, Tim. No, not the Tim, but a Tim, and named Tim, who is a Tim. Hi. I'll get right into the details of the story that we're going to we're going to discuss here. Texas this year has become, as we've covered on this podcast before, an interesting place for weather. Recent weather, however, of the rainy kind has flushed out some eldritch horrors that one reporter described as, and I'm quoting here, land lobsters from hell. Except they aren't actually crustaceans, they're arachnids, and they're called vinegaroons, so named because they shoot acetic acid, vinegar, from the base of their whip-like tail to protect themselves. By all accounts, vinegaroons aren't dangerous to humans, but they do pinch with, and I'm quoting here, heavy mouthparts. Okay, they're not going to attack you unless you do something to piss them off. Vinegaroons are nocturnal creatures and hunt other insects, apparently like their cousins the spiders. They're excellent for pest control. Sightings are rare, and uh, this is a fun tidbit. If you look closely, you may be able to tell if it's a female, because she'll be carrying her hatchlings on her back like a tiny school bus of terror. So my first question, has Greg Abbott been reading the Necronomicon again? Can we take that away from him at some point? How much do we let him fuck up before the Book of the Dead bound in human flesh has to go night while little mister gets a timeout? Well, see, and that's the real question is, uh, sorry, I thought I had an evil dead joke and then nothing happened in my brain. Uh, let me try that again. So that was like Klaatu Verada no-go? Oh, oh, fuck, that's good. Okay, yes, use that. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> this is how podcasts are made, folks. Soak it in. <laughs> mm, delicious. Do you think if uh, two vinegaroons are in a bucket, one tries to climb out, the other vinegaroon pulls the escape artist down with his heavy mouth parts? It's just kind of heavy. Are the heavy <laughs> mouth parts? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of fixated on that phrase though. Heavy mouth parts. I know they look like like those mouth parts are chonk. I don't want to receive any fan art about it, but it does sound vaguely sexual. Heavy mouth. So, so Tim, I know you did some research on these when you got the story. Uh, do you have any questions? Uh, yeah, kinda. Uh, I, 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 I sought out, I sought out answers to my questions and ended up with even more questions. And, <laughs> uh, it, it just, this thing is bizarre. For example, it, I, I kind of got fixated on the fact that they specifically use the word squirt. Kind of like you did with heavy mouth parts. I got fixated on the use of the word squirt. Sure, because, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's, a very, it's a very specific word to use. 
<laughs> so I, I went in, I went so far as to check out the definition of what, what actually constitutes squirting. And I, yeah, my, my Google history is just loving me right now. Um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so if, if you were to die tomorrow, <laughs> everyone's going to think you had a fetish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's really only squirting. one website you need to learn all about squirting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Um, oh, see, see, we, we're, we're big proponents of, of the visual medium of learning, and uh, that would be Pornhub. Ah, uh, yes, of course, of course. It, that's, that's pretty much what I use. I read it for the articles. Right, of course. And, uh, mm -hmm. So can a can a vinegar rune be used to clean like a pet but stain so on a the, carpet? The vinegar, how strong is it? Right. Uh, I have the pH here somewhere. Hang on. Well, if it's acetic acid, it's a it's a it's a low pH, but not super low. Yeah, it, it's 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 more acidic than scorpion venom. Mm-hmm. But not by much. Let's see. I know it's around here somewhere. So if I'm building a volcano for a science project, <laughs> do I even need to finish this question? <laughs> well, see, I was going to ask if I was building a light salad. Well, right. Right. A, think about a it. vinaigrette. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're halfway home. Just uh... put a few bugs in your lettuce. They'll love it. They'll be like, oh, hell yeah, lettuce. The salad that dresses itself. I love it. So these are related to scorpions, though less apt to sing about the winds of change. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You just made my night. Who was that? Was that was that you, Greg, or was that you, Tim? It's Tim. No, that was Tim. Oh, Tim. Yeah. My hero. <sighs> you probably made Gil person's night, too, just so you know. Gil is my wife. Is Gil a big Scorpions fan? Since we're on the subject of squirting, y'all want to hear how these things reproduce? It's fucking gross. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> so the male, the male uh, uh, basically just saves up. Each one of them gets like, like one big old cum dump. And it's just like this block of jizz, right? And it just, and then it, and they do it within range of a female. And the female will come over and like, basically shove it up inside of her or he'll help her shove it up inside of her there's no actual like sex as we you know as, as we would recognize it um but if the funny thing is well I'll say funny uh if there's not a female around when he drops his big ass load he'll go grab one and drag it back and like shove her onto it until it until she is you know i feel like yo. these guys I feel like these guys are t like ticking so many boxes for some very specific internet forums. You know, no, like guys, I think vinegaroons are canceled. You know what I mean? Oh, well, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. This is like reason five hundred and sixty-eight not to visit Texas, right here. <laughs> I mean, that kind of behavior is not okay in the year twenty twenty-one. <laughs> no, no, no. Jesus, it's like, what do we even have public schools for? <laughs> so in well, your research, uh, Tim, did you uncover whether or not Harvey Weinstein is a vinegaroon? <laughs> well, he sucks and everyone hates him, so it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the jury's still out on that one, but I, 
further research is definitely needed. Also, I think Vinegaroon is an interesting name. It sounds like something Dr. Seuss would come up with. Right? Is a macaroon, was that originally a type of bug that shot coconut? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's only two, like I said, I kind of got hung up on the use of the word squirt, and I looked up what other organisms on the planet squirt acid. And the only... And the only other the only other uh, organism on the planet that does so is called the Oogpister beetle, which I just think is really fun to say. Oogpister beetle. Yeah, it's that's the the, the um, genus name for uh, bombardier beetles as we know them. But yeah, it's called mm. the Oogpister beetle. And I thought for a second they might be named after Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> that's a joke to a previous iteration of this recording <laughs> that no longer exists. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> it was funny the first time. Mm-hmm. It's still funny the second time. <laughs> so vinegarons are interesting looking little guys. They they look like an earwig and a scorpion had a threesome with a Kingdom Hearts enemy. Oh, you're so not wrong. I know. Those chonky little mouth parts and those wiry little whips. They have whips too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they ghost ride the whip. I, don't, well, I think vinegaroons are specifically from Texas, not Oakland, California. So, Well, I'm not going to look at a picture of these things because I know that I won't enjoy it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to try and picture it too hard. But everything I hear about them just makes it worse and worse. Well, I'm so glad you're a part of this segment, Greg. I really am. Well, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of most segments. You are. You are. I don't know where I'm going with this. Interestingly, vinegaroons are segmented. There you go. Bringing it right back. Yeah, this could be a main news story. I'm finding all kinds of connections here. Now, are these bugs edible? Does anybody know? Um... Well, um, in the sense that they're not poisonous to humans... Uh, The article I read specifically said not poisonous, which is not the same as not venomous. So I would think that they're edible. I was going to say neither acetic acid or caprylic acid are, are harmful in low concentrations. Right. So like, I'll go take a vinegar bath right now. Right. And I probably should. I mean, you can, there's a lot of things that you can do, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm wondering if I were to roast and salt these little guys, is that nature's salt and vinegar chip? Oh my God. Could you just squeeze one over and over some fish? Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would I would try both of those put together. What else you got? Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for uh, the um, the uh, order of arachnid. Uh, of arachnid. They are the Thelophonida. Thelophonida. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the bottom in the notes, there's this thing that just says, it's, it's got like the Greek word for murder. And it, it talks about murder like three times, but I can't figure out where it's associated with in the above article. So mm. I'm like, there's got to be something interesting here. Because, yeah, I don't I don't see anything in the, you know, Vinegaroon Wikipedia page that would lend me to believe that there would be something regarding murder in there. But apparently there is. So you're looking for arachnids and it's and it's coming up with murder. Are you sure you're not on the page for Corvins? <laughs> no, that's um. 
That's a pretty bad joke. I'm gonna need you to report to jail. You know the drill. I I I am going to burn Pun Jail to the ground. Uh, well, got it, I'm, got it. I know you don't like it, but laws exist to protect society. No, fuck you, Greg. I'm not going back. <laughs> don't don't make this into a cool hand Luke situation. You back you off, know. Jerry. You stay out of this. Stay out of this, you motherfucker. Now what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> okay, now we've each made one bad joke, so we're square. It has balanced the karmic scales. So, here's here's a question I have. If you do eat vinegaroons, how much insanely deadly alkaline water do you need to drink to counter the effects of all that vinegar in your system? How, it, like... Is it, a, is it a foregone conclusion that you're going to shut down your kidneys or whatever? Probably. If you... Because you've already bought the water. We all bought gallons and gallons of alkaline water. Sure. That we, sure. we now can't well, drink. It's just a, a natural inclination. You want to fuck with your own pH. Exactly. You, you know, mm-hmm. your body has like a perfectly balanced pH that is only ever varies by like hundredths of a percent of a pH. And you... And, and you want to make sure that swings widely because you don't trust your body to do that for you. No, why would you? Your body's stupid. Your body will make you fart when you're nervous, which right. is, to me, that is the strongest proof available for the existence of God. Because, like, that's extremely funny. Yeah. I found a zoomorphology report on the actual um, vinegaroon vinegar concoction. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a huge report PDF that I'm now going through. Trying to answer your question about the acidity of Arrow. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's, it's you know, it's it's going to be a, a low pH, but like probably mid-range between the lowest point and the mid-range. Yeah. Not harmful to humans, like in, you know, without like an immense concentration, right. but delicious on your potato chips yes. and again they don't bite so you'd actually have to like ingest them in order to actually get that kind of uh, concentration and it feels like kind of a miracle that they don't bite given their I, I, there's no other way to say this they're heavy mouth parts <laughs> <laughs> they're dummy thick mouth parts <laughs> dummy thick right. And then that whip, it's its the length of their body. And they mm-hmm. can literally, it, it's its somewhat prehensile. Like, they can wrap it around shit. Yeah, it's its a pretty incredible looking little structure back there. Yeah. Quick quick question. They have a whip. Um, do they have a nene? <laughs> oh, God. Likely. Likely. Yeah. That was that was definitely punch-it-worthy. Yeah, I've... You know, it's some people just can't learn, so that's when you have to use law enforcement. That's why mm-hmm. I've now called the pun police are have obviously not done it. I'm calling the pun marshals. The pun marshals. Well, you know, you can upgrade to a higher law enforcement authority, but my opinion, as as it has always been, is that all pun cops are bastards. <laughs> it's true, they are. They do not know their fathers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, 
was there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about with vinegar runes, Tim? Uh, well, the interesting thing I, I one of the interesting things I found is that they actually eat scorpions. Okay. Oh, watch out, Klaus Mina. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they 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 eat scorpions. It's very uh, it's it's one of the things that they that they eat, and apparently the uh, the uh, acetic acid portion of their squirt, for lack of mm-hmm. a better term, uh, is capable of dissolving the carapace of uh, of a scorpion. That's hot. It is. Oh, so I guess that means vinegar can dissolve bugs in high Interesting. enough in high enough concentration. I guess it could. Yeah. Well, I mean. It depends on the bug, I think. But I know that uh, salt, you know, dissolves slugs and snails. Yeah. So, you know, it's just another household household chemical with a use. Now, um, salt and vinegar together. A little bit of, little bit of background on, on Tim. Tim is one of my oldest friends. Uh, we indeed went to high school together, but we, we became friends more after high school uh, and made more t- multiple trips to the Portland area together and hung out just kind of a lot. Um, Tim is one of the most gifted actors I have ever known, uh, a stage actor by trade, and uh, one of the smartest people I know. And uh, I have mad love for you, Tim. Right back at you, my friend. And I really appreciate you being the first uh, non-related guest to feature on Anchor Persons. We just changed the name. Yeah, we're not called that anymore. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to do ridiculous research for you guys anytime. Is there anything that you would like to plug to an average of 25.7 people? Well, I mean, you already mentioned that I do a lot of stage acting. We're gearing up for a production of uh, Midsummer Night's Dream uh, in Reinhardt Volunteer Park in Grants Pass, Oregon. Uh, it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to oh, be, we haven't done Shakespeare awesome. in the park in 55 years uh, in, in Grants, in Grants Pass. And Reinhardt is a really beautiful spot. I, in fact, uh, got married. Uh, Harry and David park. Pavilion area? Yeah, yeah, that's where we're doing it. Right yeah. there on the grass in front of the Harry and David Pavilion. Yeah. I play Nick nice. Bottom. I get to make an ass out of myself. It's going to be cool. Oh, that's such oh. a good role. And that's a great that, role for you. That is absolutely fantastic. Not because I think you're an ass. But but because I I think that's that's one you can really oh, see. Yeah. Oh it's really into. difficult to play somebody who thinks they're who thinks they're the shit. I do not play egotistical well. Uh, but right, it's really fun to play somebody who thinks they're really good at the one thing I'm actually really good at, but they suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fun to do. It's a few different layers there yeah. that I've never really gotten to play with before. And then uh, beginning of next year, I am directing Hound of the Baskervilles here at Barnstormers in Grants Pass. Okay, so full disclosure, Greg Person and Gene Person are huge fans of ACD and of uh, and of the Sherlock Holmes stories specifically. So sure. gonna need to gonna need to check that out. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will let you guys know when we're doing auditions and when when the shows are and everything. So I I, I should probably warn you that the 25.7 average listeners that we have are mostly from the UK. Yeah, I was going to say they are sick. (laughs) They are perverts because all we do on this show is shit on the UK and they love it like the little filth pigs that they are. 
No, actually, most of our hits are actually Oregonian. So there's a there's a chance people will be getting out to see your show. Um, the we, we do get hits across the United States. Well, you know, but there will there will be potential visitors to your shows, potential audience members listening. Well, you know, when you said you were going to be in a Midsummer Night's Dream, I was going to ask if you were a bottom, and I, and I was really, really happy. It turns out the answer is yes. <laughs> so great, great. So we know he's a bottom. Are you a squirter? <laughs> I- answer the question, Claire. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, last I checked. Yes, depends on what I eat, but you know. <laughs> so, so Tim, once again, thank you so much for joining us and making time in your busy schedule to record with us tonight. We just we we, we really appreciate uh, someone who's willing to take that time and, and be on the show with us, and and especially on the maiden voyage of this segment. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to come back anytime. Anytime you want to give me a ridiculous research project, just let me know. Oh, oh man. Be that careful what be you wish for. a thing we do all the time. Oh, like, no, no. We, we could abuse that. Okay. <laughs> we're, um, I mean, all right. We're already putting guilt person. I, Greg, are we training our replacements? <laughs> I mean, it would be a better show, let's be honest. And if we really care about the show, yeah. we've got to do what's best for the show. So maybe we're the... You know, we're Richie Cunningham's older brother that goes upstairs and never comes back down again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. It, it is time for the emotional weather. This week's emotional weather. Oops, I did it again. Give me more. And toxic. For oops, I did it again. I'm going to go back to philosophy because I like talking about it and I can literally force <laughs> you to hear it. So... One idea that pops up over and over again in both Western and Eastern philosophy, um, you might be familiar from it, from Nietzsche's The Gay Science, which is a great book, but it's not about what you think it's going to be about, so be advised. Uh, You also find it in Buddhism and Hinduism, is the idea of the eternal recurrence, which is the idea that after you're done living your life, you're going to have to live the same life and do the same things over and over again. Now, depending on which of these philosophies you cotton to, it might be an approximate recurrence where you're doing the same kinds of things over and over again, or exact where you will literally relive each moment exactly the same way. And it might be something that the the philosopher thinks is a literal truth that is going to happen. Uh, You see that in some classical and enlightenment (laughs) philosophers, or it could just be more of a thought experiment. Uh, like like Nietzsche's was a thought experiment. Now, whichever interpretation of this you favor, though, I think it is worth thinking about the possibility of, well, what if I do have to do all this again? Exactly mm-hmm. the same. How do I feel about that? Is there anything I can do about that? I'd be okay with it. I'd be fine with it. Hmm. Well, you know, that's really encouraging because that's kind of what Nietzsche said is he's like, look, if somebody told you that you would have to live this whole life over again exactly mm-hmm. the same way, and you wouldn't get to change anything. Is that that spirit that's telling you that? Are they an angel or a devil? Because the answer to that question is how you feel about your life. Their intent has no bearing on my reaction. My my, my reaction is purely from me. And it, I, you know, there are points in my life where I might have been really upset by that idea. But 
on reflection from where I sit right now, I'd get to watch little Jean getting born again. I'd get to meet Gil again and probably the skipper. <laughs> <laughs> the millionaire's um, wife. A three-hour tour, a three-hour tour, a three-hour... Oops, I did it again. All right. Um, nice. I would get to meet and fall in love with Gil once again. I would get... I would reach a point in my life where I understood myself better and be genuinely happy to be alive again after years of torment. Now, the, those years of torment, they're no picnic, but I did survive them. And knowing that I would survive them again to reach the state that I'm in now, yeah, I draw comfort from that. Well, and I kind of figured that you might say that because you are a very happy man. You like where you're at in life. Mm -hmm. I don't have it in me to do it again. If I had to do it again, <laughs> no thank you, I will pass. But that's a signal to me that I need to make my life one that I feel like was worth all the trouble. So, you know, that's my task for however long I got left. If it is a thought experiment that it, that I, it, it, as a thought experiment, it gives you that insight, which is, which is really something. Yeah, no, that's, it's useful. I mean, that's why we do thought experiments. Cause you, you figure out how you feel about things. Sure. All right. My oops, I did it again. Story in case you didn't know, while the vaccine does put your immune system in a better position to fight off the virus, having contracted the COVID or COVID in the past doesn't necessarily have the same effect. In fact, I'm seeing a crap load of reports of people who already beat COVID once getting it a second time. Sometimes it's a variant that they catch, but not always. Nobody knows all the data yet, but I'm willing to wager that getting COVID a second time doesn't exactly help your chances of avoiding becoming a long hauler. So once again, I am asking you to please get yourself vaccinated. Yeah, I talked about a pretty serious topic in emotional weather with no real jokes again. Oops. This was supposed to be our funniest one yet just to give the audience a little peek behind the curtain coming back in season three we wanted to knock it out of the park this week we wanted to be so funny and so cool that you had to tell everyone you knew and it's all been downers and dick ripping yeah and we apologize but that's that's also us like that that's know, the show yeah yeah you know you knew the job was dangerous when you took it fred mm -hmm. all right oh. give me more all right, well, how's this for more? Did you know that the average CEO as of March of this year earns 265 times more than the average, not the lowest paid, but the average worker in his organization? Did you know, though, that in democratically run worker-owned co-ops, the average difference between leaders and other workers is two to one or less? Well, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Did you furthermore know that if you can get some people together and scrape together a little money, there are organizations that can help you start and run your own co-op? I did not know that. Well, yeah. In fact, uh, there's one not too far from either of us in beautiful Ashland, Oregon. There is a co-op incubator that will help your co-op get going. Great. For my Gimme More story, I want to talk about shrinkflation. The practice in which the price for items stays the same, but the quantity you get decreases. It's a clever way for corporations to fleece consumers, and a lot of corporations are guilty of the practice. Often in small quantities, it's sometimes difficult to detect, and in the coming year of supply shortages and related issues, it's probably going to be happening a lot. 
I think the impact on consumers is less at Costco, though, because no one's going to notice a couple missing frosted mini weeds when you still have enough breakfast for a decade. Shrinkflation is, is one of my personal bugbears because it makes me feel like a crazy person. And this is like two months ago, for example, I was telling my niece, who is uh, 17 now, I said, look, when I was a kid, Chips Ahoy were bigger. Okay, if I could get a cookie from 30 years ago, I could show you it would be plain as day. These are not real Chips Ahoy. And she looked at me like I was a crazy person. And I just, I can't live like this, man. They're, they're not taking away our cookies by, by just yanking them out of the bag. They're just making them a little bit smaller every year so that nobody notices. And that if you do notice, then all they have to do is just, you know, put you on a 5150 and fill you full of Thorazine and no one will listen to you. It really is just a, a, you know, small remove from that, that point in Orwell's 1984 when they announce that they're increasing chocolate rations and then give a smaller number that people are going to be getting. So they're increasing them from four to three, you know, exactly. They're, they're gaslighting us. You see, this is literally gaslighting. And if Twitter taught me anything in the brief time that I was on it, it is that gaslighting is bad. Gaslighting, a very toxic practice. Speaking of toxic. <laughs> there we go. Well, you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, algal blooms and red tide. I do. Well, still a thing. Um, in fact, there's a big one in uh, Tampa Bay right now caused by, of course, uh, warmer waters from uh, the warming climate. And also, uh, some genius uh, who ran an old phosphate plant dumped 200 million gallons of polluted water into the bay. Oh, nice. And, um, phosphates, as you may know, are a key component of fertilizer and will accelerate plant growth rapidly. Mm -hmm. So it's a, although red tide is actually a, a, a kind of bacteria, it's killing marine life by the literal ton, and it's it's over a hundred miles across now. This red tide, wow! And th they expect it to get worse. There, there's concern that the entirety of, of Tampa Bay and uh, the area a bit further out could turn into like a permanent dead zone. That's crazy. It's not great. No. But, so, I mean, good luck, fish. We, we didn't do anything about climate change. We're still not doing anything about climate change. Get used to it. So speaking of the unvaccinated, I'm seeing an incredible number of reports of misinformation spreaders, COVID denialists, and anti-vaxxers catching COVID and dying. Delta in particular is aggressive, is far more contagious than vanilla, and hits kids a hell of a lot harder, too. We're back to wearing masks because there are too many toxic people in the world and you can't tell who is who. It's like Battlestar Galactica, except the Cylons are fucking idiots, and all the boomers will be dead by the end of the series. You know, I wish the Cylons would come and wipe out the human race at this point, honestly. So on that cheery note, as you know, every week, our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has a story. Well, you know what it is from the teaser. I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Because ice cream is the literal best, absolute god tier shit, maybe the greatest invention of all time. Everybody loves ice cream because of its rich, creamy goodness. What do you get when you take away everything that's good about ice cream? They're called Dippin' Dots, 
and I'm baffled that they ever existed, let alone persisted. This is the food that Dupree Satan serves you in hell. <laughs> Who and what are these dumb little bullshit globules for? What what craving is satisfied by a little bowl full of frozen pebbles? Now, I hear what you're saying out there in podcast land. I hear you muttering into your headphones. But Greg, they turn creamy in your mouth. The fuck they do. <laughs> that is a lie. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting genuinely emotional and I have to calm myself down a little bit. Because these little shits are the greatest disappointment since October 22nd, 1844, which is a screamingly funny joke if you're an American history professor. So for all the American history professors in the audience, you're welcome. The thing is, what did we need these for when we already had ice cream? Alright, you, you cannot improve on perfection, by definition, what idiot thought they could make ice cream better by making it drier? I, I can't fathom it. Yeah. What do we need anything else for when we already have ice cream? Do yourself a favor. Next time you're out, like the next time you're legally allowed to be out, because they've finally cleared away the bodies of all your stupid Facebook-obsessed neighbors, ask yourself if the thing that you're getting is better than ice cream. And if it's not, which it won't be, just get some ice cream. Well, we've got lots of stupidity to cover tonight, so let's move on to the podcast shopping network. All right, so I, I've been saving this one for a while. The world of fashion has to be tricky, even for those in it. Keeping up with an ever-changing landscape, being praised the world over for being a genius, designers have a lot to contend with. And that's why the latest entry in the podcast shopping network, our first that didn't start with an infomercial, is remarkable. Because the geniuses at Gucci gave us a product commonly associated with smart people, eyeglasses, that in no way make you look smart. How did even a fashion powerhouse like Gucci accomplish this task? They turned the glasses upside down. Literally. These are stylized retro quasi-cat's-eye frames, and they're inverted. The pointed corners will be touching your cheeks, the rounded bottoms will be brushing up against your eyebrows. The effect of these glasses is at once both jarring and subtle, like dream logic or a bite from an ant. But the real damage in owning these glasses isn't that you look like an absolute fool, I mean, you do. But it's that you're going to pay over $700 for the privilege. Gucci had a really rough year last year, also releasing, quote, distressed tights that were really just pantyhose that got caught by an errant toenail. I don't know what's going on in the world of fashion, but if upside down glasses are on the table, baby, it's hip to be square. You know, the good thing about square glasses is that you can't turn them upside down. Right. Right. Or you can. And they're the same. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love the idea that somewhere out there, there's a woman who paid $700 to look like an idiot as a joke. Who's the joke on when you wear this? Mm -hmm. They're on your fucking face. Yeah. Like, do you, do you think you're getting over on me with these glasses? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little salty now. I'm, I'm still pissed about dipping dots. I understand that. Let's move on to state up. The latest state in our state up coverage of all 50 U S states Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, it's illegal to call it Massachusetts, 
because they've got too much class. Achusets. <laughs> That's a really good one. The Pixie song UMass features a lyric about the University of Massachusetts, and another line, it's educational, leading some keen-eared fans to theorize that it might actually be a song about the University of Massachusetts, though we'll never know for sure. The popular space opera video game franchise Mass Effect was originally conceived as Massachusetts Effect, a character-driven RPG set in the greater Boston area. Because of the actions of colonials at the Boston Tea Party, the Atlantic Ocean will never not be at least a tiny bit tea. I like that. That appeals to me. You can indeed park the car in Harvard Yard, so long as the car is a Bentley your daddy bought you. The name Massachusetts is Algonquin for the Great Hill, and I can see why they went with that over the English suggestion at the time, which was... The Greater Lizanoid Collective. Batu Baradaniktu. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is still called Person to Person in Person because it's a damned good name. It's also where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. First off, we want to give a big shout out to Adam at Adam West Production for our new voiceover intro. He is affordable, he does quality work, we couldn't be happier with our purchase. We sent him a script and he blew us away. You can find him on Fiverr or at his website, awestprod.com. We love Adam West. He is now an official member of the Anchor Persons family. He's so good that as soon as we got his stuff that he sent us, we were like, we got to find more stuff for him to do. Yeah, for sure. This this sounds better than any of the crap we've ever done. I also want to give a shout out to our bros at the Brose podcast. If you haven't checked out Brose, you absolutely should. It's a wonderful hang show. It's always really funny. The original Tim who named our Tims, our listeners, is Tim from Brose. And, uh, it, you know, they've been cross-promoting promos with us for quite a while. When we first brought up the idea of doing some other cross-promotions... We wanted to make sure that we kept them in the mix because they really are our bros at this point. And every interaction we've had with them has been wonderful. There's a a new show. You heard the promo at the top of the episode uh, for a show called Brought to You by the Letter. Uh, It's by uh, Kelsey and Carly, uh, two young ladies who are learning about a new subject every week alphabetically, teaching each other things. It's I feel like it's kind of a similar vibe to our show, but nicer and more pleasant and just better in most ways. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely give it a listen. Brought to you by the letter. Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time, this is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, please, in the name of God, 
stop. Good night. So did you want to, uh, I, I know the cold open thing didn't work out. Did you want to do a stinger with me somehow? Like, sure. What do you want the stinger to be? Just brainstorming about what the stinger should be? Well, I feel like that's a little too meta. Okay. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with something here, but I, I'm running low on ideas. Well, I can't think, I, I think I, I just can't think clearly when I haven't ripped my dick off. Just, so I gotta just give it a click. Okay. Just, just take a moment, click it, and then when your mind is right, because your dick is wrong, you'll be all right. <laughs>